This is my last episode for C4 Events, the virtual 2020 CCSAD, and I find it very fitting that we're going to be discussing uh, some pretty interesting topics with a marketing firm that specializes in behavioral in the behavioral health industry. Uh, this is the type of marketing company that that I have working with me. Uh, this is the type of marketing that I have to pay attention to because we are facing. Uh, a really interesting set of circumstances when you promote a business that is appealing to people who are struggling and suffering and are terrified and are in crisis. How do you do that ethically? How do you reach out to a market that is terrified that a family member is going to perish, die, commit suicide, overdose? and in a very responsible way, invite them to your website, your Facebook page. So we're gonna be talking to Dreamscape Marketing about that, but we're also gonna be talking about some of the things that have come up around COVID and how digital marketing is changing. So welcome to the final episode of the C4 Event CCSAD Virtual 2020 Conference and Beyond Risk and Back. My show, I'm your host, Aaron Huey. My guest today is Daniel Gemp. He is the CEO of Dreamscape Marketing. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Hey, Aaron, thanks so much for having me. I'm a fan and uh, this should be fun. Hey, thanks so much. And, and I love talking to your your crew off the air. I know they're both, uh, we got we got some members of your team uh, uh, standing by spectating. Make sure you don't say the wrong thing and shock you with the collar you're wearing if you do. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> talk about how you, I wanna know a little bit about you before we get into some questions. How did you get into marketing and why specifically behavioral health? Sure. Um, so I got into marketing by studying finance and uh, got a little bit of a heads up that the economy was going to collapse um, somewhere in 2006. So I started a marketing agency and uh, we quickly, a little bit by chance, got into medical marketing and specifically into the addiction treatment space. Uh, and over the last 15 years, uh, we've worked with over 700 addiction treatment providers in 39 states. Um, very much been a student of the treatment industry, right? The actual service providers, not only ethical marketing, but ethical treatment and a variety of business models, um, a variety of, you know, large scale fraud in the industry over the years and just kept an eye on all of it and tried to stay ethical and transparent for all of our clients and the facilities we work with. You know, that's something that I want to definitely get into in a minute, maybe, maybe after our commercial where we give a shout out to all the sponsors that have showed up for the 2020 event. Um, but, but, uh, first I, I, as, as, as we lead up to that, um, what are some of the, uh, particulars, a little bit of unique tactics, tendencies that you have being in behavioral health? What is, what is different about behavioral health versus marketing a new soda, a soft drink, uh, a sanitizing spray? Sure. Um, believe it or not, it is actually retail marketing. It's consumer marketing. And your audience in this case, right, a concerned loved one or an individual struggling with addiction themselves, uh, there's no need to, to add BS or a layer of salesiness to it. And so the, the irony in the space, I've seen a lot of large scale media spend and a lot of broad messaging transparent marketing works the best, right? Pictures of beds and food, uh, video interview with a clinical director, very surface level engagement style marketing. And then on the digital side, it actually comes down to just, you know, how you name your pages and what, what you title your topics on your blog. 
Uh, if someone is looking for a men's rehab program, then there should be a page called men's rehab program on your site. And so I actually think it's an elementary market. It is a direct market. You're not going to trick your consumer, if anything, the other way around. Um, and it's because it's a sophisticated headspace to market to, right? You need to speak simply, directly, talk around an eighth grade level, which is ironically the same level that Google sets its algorithm right. to read at. Right. When you go to these events and you're talking to programs like mine, to programs like, well, you know, any of them, you know, uh, uh, what, what is it that you're actually doing when you go to a conference, a mental health addiction recovery conference? What is what you you're in your team's job there? Sure. So our job is to make sure that treatment centers specifically are broadcasting, right? That they are. Right creating content and distributing that content. And it takes on a, a wide variety of formats and different types of media. And we don't even produce all of that, um, but we'll speak on the methods that are trending, right? We'll share information on where our clients are seeing the highest volumes and, and all of our clients combined, right? Several hundred treatment centers only bring in about eight to 9% of the admissions in the industry. So there is a whole lot of information that we're happy to share just because it's helping people. Um, and there is, you know, a lot of, a lot of financial support in the space, right? It is expensive to go to treatment. And so we find that if you share the most effective methods, it keeps things cost effective for the operators, which means they can provide better care for patients. You know, when I go to these conferences, there's a, there's a couple of things that happens. First of all, I come home with a ton of tchotchke stuff that I, that has been made in China. And uh, I have a pile of pens and lip balm and I, I bring my foam dragons, but it is, it is, these conferences are literally the only reason why I print a business card or print a flyer anymore. This world of marketing is changing. So I've got two questions. Number one, where's this going? And I'm taking notes, by the way, don't, don't, don't forget. Cause I'm one of these businesses. Where's marketing going for this business? Since I'm no longer going to be paper flyering places. And number two, how has this pandemic, how has this experience affected, uh, digital marketing, since that's one of your guys' specialties. Sure. So uh, we'll start with where it's going, right? Where Where is digital marketing is specific going to go in, you know, next year, right? As things come out of lockdown and we're in coronavirus mode. Um, and so I think that it's important to realize, like, technology is changing and certain trends that have changed are permanent. And so when you're looking at, you know, your 2021 planning, I don't know that things will be normal again. They might be close to normal by summer of next year, let's say. Um, but any damage caused to your current marketing tactics is already done. You're going to have to rework your entire marketing plan. Right. There is still going to be a far higher rate of unemployment. And I don't know that people have factored that in yet, but if 30 to 40 million Americans are unemployed, that also means 30 to 40 million Americans are changing their health insurance, right? Uh, are struggling with, you know, isolation issues are struggling with first time diagnoses. You just got fired and you can't find new employment in these conditions. Right. And so we've seen a huge increase in first time alcohol uh, diagnoses. Um, so as a result, there's going to be a lot of social frustration, a lot of uh, substance fueled self-medication. And you know, let's face it, the effects of the pandemic for people with addiction aren't going to change with the vaccine. There's going to be recidivism and relapse like we haven't seen in years. Um, the drug supply chain 
has changed during all of this, right? So you're not seeing the same amounts of heroin and fentanyl in the same locations. And there's been a shift from our records to stimulants, to cocaine and meth. Um, and so there's a different type of, of danger involved now, um, literally a different type of acute medical danger. So I think marketing needs to be dealing with this situation, realizing it's going to be long-term. The next six months is still going to be crazy. There's going to be a shifting landscape on the type of media you communicate through. Um, even at a simple level, desktop computers are back in play because everyone's on their computer all day. All day. Whereas mobile phones have been absolutely running point in this space for the last two years. Um, so in addition to that, I'd say, you know, in your messaging and in your marketing in general, place a huge emphasis on organic SEO. You need to just publish a lot of content, um, both quantity and quality. I think that uh, paid search has been performing fantastic, especially the last few months. Uh, we're seeing all-time records in terms of conversion rate and admissions per dollar. And that's not necessarily a good thing for mankind, but it means that your marketing mix is pretty safe if you're putting dollars into Google in a variety of ways. Um, but long-term, I'd, I'd still say, start producing a lot of digital content. I want to, we're, we're going to definitely, uh, after we get back from our, our little break, you know, and, and talking about the ethics side of this, which, which you guys, there's, a, there's people like me and there's parents like my listeners who are looking to you um, and, and have to trust what you're doing. And, and I want, so I want to talk about the ethics and then we're, we'll wrap up with making sure people can get in touch with you. CEOs, clinicians, uh, that listen to the show, uh, can follow up with you guys. Um, but one of, one of the, 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 the questions that I, I have, which I'm kind of know the answer to, which is why I'm asking is before we go to break, why does I understand that people are using cell phones less and desktops more. I understand that that they're doing that. And I understand that there's a little bit of changes that I've got to make. But why does that matter? Let's educate the populace as why does it matter whether they're looking at my website on a phone or looking at my website on a desktop? Sure. So you need to reach the primarily the loved one of someone struggling with addiction, right? 71% of the time it's actually going to specifically be the mother yes. of the person looking for treatment. I've got, I've got the numbers that reflect that perfectly. It's, and that's not nationwide, yes. worldwide. Um, and so you need to reach them at the point of decision-making. So they're in an extremely emotional state. They're looking to make the right medical decision. You're not going to trick them with amenities. And so right. a lot of groups have falsely advertised or, or just inefficiently advertised we're near the beach. We have 500 thread count Egyptian cotton sheets. That has <laughs> nothing to do with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, great, then my kid's skin won't get scratchy, right? <laughs> you're, what you're trying to do is cure an acute medical need yeah. and you've got a family member looking for a solution, right? The same way they would research cancer treatment, right? This is a life and death decision to them. So you have to meet them at the point of decision-making. And so, you know, short of walking into a bar and grabbing their loved one by the ear and dragging them out to treatment, um, they're doing their medical research primarily on Google, 83% of the time before they make a decision on Google itself. And you have to present them with digestible, simple information that talks about a program individually suited to their loved one. Got it. Okay. Stand by just for a second, Daniel. I'll, I'll, I'll be right back with you and we'll, we'll get some of these ethical questions answered. I have been speaking a lot about the sponsors of this show. 
throughout every episode I've done, we've mentioned uh, a, a certain category of the sponsors, and these are the people that have shown up with time and money to help C4 events move this from a live event to a virtual event. I wanna do one final shout out to all of them. The bronze patrons were Aware Recovery Care, Brookdale, Discovery Behavioral Health, Eating Recovery Center, McLean, Newport Academy, Retreat Behavioral Health, Silver Hill Hospital, Spectrum Health Systems, Vista Research Group. Our silver sponsors were Alina Lodge, Gosnold, Heal Behavioral Health, Origins Behavioral Health, Recovery Centers of America, Southworth Associates, the District Recovery Community, and Timberline Knowles. Gold sponsors were BRC Recovery. My guest today, Dreamscape Ma. Uh, Mar Dreamscape Marketing, they were gold sponsors and incredible marketing. And then our platinum sponsors, High Watch Recovery Center, Mountainside and the Guest House. Every single one of you showed up in the way that you could, that you can. Your effort, your work, your time, your money is really appreciated because this gave clinicians, healthcare professionals, milieu workers, the doctors, everybody a chance to get together and share the latest in this industry so that we can continue to forward and fight the constant epidemic of drug addiction and mental health. These are the platforms of recovery and the people I just named are the people who sponsor that. So go to their websites, check them out. And thank you very much to our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze sponsors for participating in C4 events 2020 virtual CCSAD, the 33rd conference that C4 event has put on in Cape Cod, this one virtually. Thank you so much to the sponsors. Let's get back to Daniel and talk ethics. All right, you guys being gold sponsors, thank you so much. It's, it's your guys' work and generosity that helped me be able to interview all these experts and get them directly into families who are dealing with mental health and addiction. So Daniel, thank you so much. Of course, and the, we found that the more we support the treatment community, the more treatment providers support us. Uh, so it's it's very much a win-win and uh, we need events like this to keep going on. So and, to, uh, and play a part. it really is a win-win. Like, like no matter how you slice up these events, it's a win-win. So let's talk about this part for a second because a few years ago, as I was kind of running the the general marketing mill, just trying to uh, help families find a place to put their kids, um, I really saw, and, and John Oliver did a big expose on it and everything, patient brokering, that there were, there were companies, there were treatment facilities who were out there, and all they cared about is AIB, ass in bed butts in bed. That's all they cared about. And they were, sh it was, it was unbelievable. And our industry very quickly got a horrid reputation that was exposed on all the news, not the, not the 40 years of AA and beyond of the millions of lives that have been saved, but a few people really got out there and messed it up. And I had to shift. I had to shift my marketing to do nothing but help people. That's all I want to do is help people. And if they don't want their kids in treatment, if they listen to the experts, maybe they'll keep them out. But as a marketing firm who literally you make your money helping people find treatment, how do you know, how do you guys vet the companies that you're being contracted by to make sure that we'll talk about your marketing tactics and ethics for a second, but first, how do you know the company's ethical? Sure. It is the 
biggest challenge we have encountered in this space. Uh, there were certain states we couldn't do business in for years because we knew about all the skeletons and all the closets. I mean, there is yeah. good and evil in this market at a scale I've never seen. And we work in other healthcare. It's not like this. Um, and unfortunately, I think the prevailing trend is a lot of the good work, a lot of the progress being sought is happening with anonymity. That's kind of the point of a lot of this, right? Right. right. So the strongest groups are anonymous and a lot of the treatment providers are respecting that for their patients. Uh, when you need evangelists, when you need, you know, a strong program to be advertising, you're almost, almost morally obligated to advertise if you are ethical. Right. Um, I use in our own pitch, uh, you know, full disclosure, you can Google my name and the word ethics and find mainstream media publishing our contributions and our fight against a lot of, um, treatment centers that were stealing other treatment centers, Google my business listings. Yeah. Uh, we submitted dozens and dozens of complaints about uh, Google ads, uh, click fraud and patient brokers that had fake treatment centers, essentially. Yep. They were running hundreds of thousands of dollars of paid ads to fake treatment centers. And when your loved one went into their care, they essentially sold them to a real treatment center. Right. Um, so what we'll do is we will actually run criminal background checks. That's kind of a, a 101 scenario. Um, but what we found is this industry, everyone knows everyone. And yeah. so you're only separated, not, not by two degrees of separation, not by one. Um, everyone knows everyone. So yeah. these days, in the, in the beginning, it was just paranoia. We didn't want to be associated with criminals and anybody that said anything shady, we just couldn't take on as a client. Now, we generally know who the good actors are and the bad actors are. Uh, there is an old guard and a new guard in the yeah. treatment space, uh, groups that have been around for three decades, four decades and groups that are coming out now either to do good or they're strongly private equity funded. Uh, and a lot of those groups are concerned, right? They have liabilities to their investors, to a lot of powerful attorneys and states and all that. So I think that there's more to lose now and the industry is finding its way and, and ethics is on an, an upward trend, um, but it's difficult. So we, we often speak to the clinical staff and we will grill the executives uh, in our onboarding process. And occasionally that has led to us having to part ways with clients. You know, uh, a, a year and a half ago, uh, it was it was made clear to me by Facebook, where I do a lot of marketing, that I needed when when this was going on, that I need to get this little thing called legit script. And I saw that you know they were like, we won't run your ads without it. You're using target terms, and we need to know that you're legitimate. And I looked at this legit script, and I was like, this looks like a lot of money to get a little badge on my website. And then I had to go through the vetting process and I watched my team spend months collecting the information they wanted to know the, the educational history of it. It was, it's a process. And then the next year came up, had to do it again. They want this, they want it over and over. Is that enough? Or is there another level of vetting that has to go on with an organization so that a family member who loves this person that's suffering from addiction or mental health knows that they're finding themselves in an ethical treatment environment? Sure. That is an ongoing challenge. And I think that needs to be resolved over the next few years here. Um, the only thing I see that can do that is by marketing your outcomes data to right. truly track even simple stats, right? What percentage of patients simply complete your program, right? That would indicate safety, commitment, at least a strong enough clinical staff to keep patients involved. Um, so parents need to very carefully, right? Look at social reviews. And, and unfortunately they're not 
you know, when someone has great treatment experience, they don't necessarily leave a five-star review. It's, it's like a restaurant. Yeah. You'll complain if something bad happens, <laughs> but you're not going to say just got out of rehab and feeling great. Um, so I think that, you know, that's going to be a challenge. And so treatment centers do need to reach out to their alumni and family members in particular uh, to garner true and accurate social reviews. That will be one mechanism. Um, but the more you can publish your outcomes data, and I do not mean self-reported sobriety no, at two no, years. No, 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 Yes. But there are little indicators that, that are beneficial, right? How about employment at two years? Right. How about percentage of patients that complete your program? Things that are believable, easily measured. Um, and then if I were the parent, I would directly want to speak to someone on the clinical staff. Yeah. Right. I would want to know that common sense exists at this treatment center, that they're not you know, necessarily being bussed back and forth 27 miles every day and living in a house that's not supervised, whatever that looks like in terms of the business model itself. I would ask about that and I would ask who is supervising them 24 hours a day. Um, and I would look at that simple outcomes data to see if the program will simply increase the probability of sobriety for my loved one. It's hope. I, and I love that you've given like, do these things. Let's give parents, let's give family members a watch out for in marketing language when they're looking on an ad or a website and you see some taglines. Like, like for example, the, the, the alphabet therapies. Everybody can write DBT, CBT, EMDR, but I, yep. still, I have shows specific to each of those things so a parent can be educated about what these alphabets actually stand for. So what are some of the warning signs that you could fling out at a parent that say, when you see this, double check, triple check, vet. Sure. Uh, if you do not see photos of staff or videos interviewing clinical staff, ask to speak to clinical staff, right? Nice. A patient broker can't put a doctor on the phone. Yeah. Um, or if they can, that's a whole other degree of fraud. And you yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's a few, a few being prosecuted right now. Um, but I think that that's going to be the biggest indicators that transparency. Yeah. I mean, as you're speaking to me right now, if you can see and hear someone on their staff that's providing this treatment and you can see and hear the mission of their management team, uh, that's the first step in transparency. The second is um, it, it's not about the content of a blog. It's about the content of you know, a clinical page. And so if you're reading a program and it sounds too good to be true, oh, we've got surfing therapy and stargazing therapy. If you think that that is what is going to solve addiction, you might want to look a little deeper into how medicine works and compulsory disorders and, um, and all of the alphabet, right? EBT, DBT, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, dual diagnosis and co-occurring disorders. Those are terms that are used in this space. Buzzwords, but a yeah. dual diagnosis is also true if you have hypoglycemia and diabetes, right. right? Or a broken leg and a sprained ankle. These are dual diagnoses. So don't fall for medical jargon um, and, you know, and, and medical speak. You can get a very clear understanding of a treatment program in this space using common sense vernacular. So speak to someone on the admissions team, speak to someone on the clinical team and ask them to just explain it to me. I don't know what this stuff is. It sounds like you're just tracking the eyeballs of my child to see when they want heroin. Is that what it is? Right. Um, and getting that explanation, that base education is going to protect you from, from going to the wrong treatment provider. 
All right, let's uh, let, let's wrap around now with how do corporations, companies get in touch with you? If a, it, whether it's a family member who finds out that you're the marketing team and they want some questions directly from you, or they're a professional who wants to work with a Dreamscape Marketing, how do they how are they going to find you guys? Of course, um, and transparency is part of our mission as well. Uh, you can always find us at dreamscapemarketing.com uh, or give us a call eight hundred. 571-8553. Uh, strategists are always willing to speak to you about how we generate our content, how we help programs, um, or Google us, right? Dreamscape Marketing, right. or my name, Daniel Gemp, and the word ethics, uh, and you will find us, and you'll often find our patients and, and search results, as, or our clients and search results as well. How many, just, just as a side question, how many people in the programs that you are responsible for running their marketing um, ended up getting into treatment. Do you, do you know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, like what are, when, when you're out working with a, with a company, how is your marketing affecting that company? Oh, for, for most of them, we're generating 20 to 30% of their admissions. Holy mackerel. Yeah. It's digital marketing is a primary resource for addiction treatment and Google, like I said, Google specifically contributes to 83% of admissions. It is off the charts. We drove about 12,000 residential admissions last year right. and another several thousand for outpatient treatment. All right, pop quiz from me specifically. Uh, my primary market's on Facebook because my my primary parents are Gen Xers. Um, sure. When do I switch to TikTok? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I do Literally, not. You can, you can wait on that. Oh but, uh, my God. I do not. I will, you know, because I'm looking, the millennials are my next market, you know, in, in five years, their, their kids are going to be 12 years old. And I have the, I have the kid market. And so Instagram I'm. Instagram is a good way to test that market. You yes. don't quite have to go TikTok yet, but uh, <laughs> why well, I, I test the market with Instagram ads and, uh, and, and slowly make the shift. We are working Instagram, but I tell you, I got onto TikTok the other day to say, just let me see if I can figure this out. And I've been doing marketing for 20 years of my own business, working alongside marketing teams. Two days later, I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Like, I, maybe I'm old. I'm 51 now. Maybe, maybe TikTok is just not for me. <laughs> you got to realize it's a little bit ADD. And it's a little bit social isolation. How else are you going to learn how to dance these days? You know? I, yeah, I don't want to do that dance. Daniel, <laughs> thank you so much. This has been Thanks, awesome. This has been really juicy stuff for families who are looking for treatment for their loved ones. Because... I got it. We can fall prey, especially in those moments of crisis to some flashy crap and miss something really good. That's trying to help your family out. So thank you for helping Absolutely. us clarify. Thank you, Aaron. And thanks for the work you do. And uh, hope everybody has a wonderful conference. I, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Stay on the line while I sign off so I can say a proper goodbye to you guys. All right. Take care. Well, this is it. This is the, this has been the tour through the C4 events, the, the, the Cape Cod Symposium on Addiction uh, and Associated Disorders, the 33rd one. And I, I miss being in the rooms with these people. I miss the fact that I could have then shaken hands and hugged and gotten to know these people, pass them on to other uh, programs, having that constant uh, uh, elbow rubbing with the experts in the industry. But people like Dreamscape Marketing and all the other sponsors that I mentioned have made it possible for us to go virtual this year. And I don't know how much longer this is going to last, but it's obvious we can do this. 
It's obvious that we can continue the education and we can continue the support. So my thanks to C4 Events. Please stay in tune, in touch with all of the episodes that we'll be doing from C4 conferences coming up in the future. I know there's another one in December we're looking at. I also want to thank Deepin Productions who stood by my side and made sure that all these shows were uh, processed and and uh, put out there professionally and Your Cause Consulting who helps make sure that my marketing is ethical, targeted and has a purpose just behind its the, the passion that I have for doing this and working alongside people like this. So parents, as always, listen, like, subscribe, and share to Beyond Risk and Back. And please leave Beyond Risk and Back a review on iTunes because it does help parents find help to help their families. And remember, parents, take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third, because that's the way we do our best work with our children. Keep learning, keep coming back. And I'll see you guys in a week.